0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So there was a big surprise in the uh, Arctic waters earlier this summer when Chinese and Russian navies were conducting joint exercises and a U.S. naval ship stumbled upon them. Yes,
1: I'm a little surprised that the Americans say they were surprised because one would think they would have better reconnaissance from the air, from uh, satellites, all of that, Roy. But that is what the Americans claim happened. And... uh, the problem about the Arctic is it's a vast area with very few resources looking at it, at least on the western side, that is the United States and Canada, and uh, so we're kind of blind to things there. But we don't only not have an Arctic defense strategy. Frankly, the Canadian government doesn't have an Arctic strategy to speak of. Uh, development that could be tied into uh, putting bases or putting other infrastructure in the north. There's no coordination at all. Nobody really thinks about this. We, we have this romantic view of the Arctic. Uh, all parties do uh, but so very few of them do much up there Stephen Harper did some uh, things, but generally it's a forgotten area as far as policy strategy thinking.
0: So what are you thinking when you uh, when you know with your international experience Matthew when you know that the Chinese and the Russian navies are conducting joint exercises, in arctic waters what does that speak of and by the way as you well know we have this romantic idea in canada that it's all ours
1: well it is ours probably in the immediate territorial waters but we kind of view our half of the arctic ocean as ours that may not legally be true but it has been true in history in recent history because other countries haven't been there. But uh, we do have some resources in the Arctic, not many. We have, in the last couple of summers, sent warships north with American and Danish warships on behalf of Greenland into Baffin Bay, for example. But really, it's small potatoes compared to what the Russians are up to. Uh, The Russians uh, have built 13 new air bases along the Arctic coast, They've moved uh, at least 10,000 I think it's quite a few more than that combat troops way up there. Uh, and uh, of course, they have a whole new generation of submarines. The yes. Chinese have submarines and are going further and further out from China with them. And then the Russians have those 40 icebreakers today. They're building 13 new nuclear ones, and the Chinese, within five years, will have more icebreakers than Canada. And the u.s combined and i i think canadians should pay attention to that
0: so what's the objective here what are they after because we know the arctic waters are a treasure trove for those who control them but are we looking at this reality here where the russians and the chinese at some point may be pointing the uh, the pointy end of the uh, of the weaponry in our direction and saying this is now ours
1: well if they don't do that at least they will have the resources to Uh, military resources to keep us in check you are right about there's believed to be a trove of resources up there hydrocarbons specifically but other mineral resources and it is the last major unexploited fishery in the world and china has been hoovering up fish off the argentine coast in antarctic waters off Galapagos, off Africa, uh, frankly, just about everywhere in the world, and uh, we can expect them there. Xi Jinping has said that China considers itself a near-Arctic nation, whatever that means. What does that mean? uh, We don't really know, but They also have missiles. Canadians don't understand that China already has two different types of missiles, that nuclear missiles that can reach anywhere in Canada. Well, of course, they're not going to shoot them today or tomorrow. But at some point, they may use that and icebreakers and warships and and subsurface warships, submarines, uh, to impose their will. We already see that they want to buy a Canadian mine in the high Arctic, they have business interests, big ones, in Greenland and Iceland. Uh, they are a country on the march in so many ways, and we, as in so many things, are sort of asleep. We don't really believe it, and it all costs money. And now with the coronavirus, it's oh my God, we can't afford it. Well, if we don't use it, we're going to use we're going to lose it.
0: Aaron O'Toole has been uh, somewhat outspoken about what his plans would be for the Arctic, or at least Canada's participation in the Arctic and and our claims on the Arctic, if he were to become Prime Minister.
1: He is the only one, frankly, who's been speaking about it at all. I I guess Peter McKay did too a bit in uh, his leadership campaign with the Conservatives. Uh, The federal government has said virtually nothing about that. There has been some signaling that they want to do things for and with indigenous people in the high Arctic. But as with so much of what Trudeau has done, it sounds great, but there's been virtually no follow through whatsoever. So the conservatives are trying to develop an Arctic policy. It will certainly have a defense realm. It will probably include uh, ballistic missile defense. Uh, to knock down missiles that might be uh, aimed at Canada and the United States. Uh, that's one aspect of it. And a whole new system for detecting with space satellites and ground radars and whatnot, uh, the air threat that exists in the Arctic. And in the last few weeks, there have been more Russian incursions into, well, not really incursions, but on the margins of Canadian airspace with bombers, with fighter jets. It's become very... Uh, constant now where during the post-cold war years there was nothing right so a tremendous amount is going up there uh, going on up there certainly norad which is canada and the united states the defense of north america they are very aware of it but the americans have not invested in icebreakers canada has old ones too Uh, we have more than the americans but not much and we don't have warships even canada's new warships uh, the new patrol vessels arctic patrol vessels They can't operate in the Arctic for four or five, six months of the year. And we really need vessels that can operate up there year-round. We need more eyes on the Arctic. And probably we need to put some more people in the Arctic. And we must do this, I think, in concert with the indigenous people, with the Inuit. And the Inuit are pretty pro-military. You won't find them hostile to some of these ideas, they will be hostile, though, if we don't consult with them and don't work with them on these projects.
0: Yeah, There will be people who will shake their heads when they hear you say, we have new Arctic patrol vessels that are essentially useless for half the year.
1: Well, I don't think they're useless. Well, you know what I mean. I do know what you mean, but half the year is better than what our Canadian Navy could do up there well, before, which was yeah, not at all. So we've gone to six months. But what we really need for a persistent presence up there, and it's hugely expensive, is to get submarines. And diesel electric submarines uh, now are getting batteries that can operate for weeks under the polar ice cap. So it means more.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites.